Hello everyone, welcome back to Chibi and Chill, the anime podcast, the podcast that celebrates all things anime, where we dive deep into facts, lore, history, and take a better, closer look at anime that shaped our childhoods, or ones that are shaping our adulthood, I'd say, because of the mass amount of anime that's been produced today. So last week it was... All around love and Valentine's Day, it was all about the top or my top anime couples. I hope you all had a great past week. I hope you did celebrate Valentine's Day or Galentine's Day or Broentine's Day, whatever kind of lovely self-love or couple love that you enjoyed on that day. Anyway, this is episode 10 of the podcast, so... A little bit of a mini milestone here for the podcast. Thank you to everyone that has been listening to the show. Thank you for all your support. Thank you for the shares. Thank you for interacting with them on social media. It really does mean a lot. So thank you for every single listen, every download. Every single little action like that really does help support the show. So again, thank you so much. This episode is all about my hero academia and specifically 10 facts you didn't know or maybe you didn't know about the absolute smash hit series that is my hero academia so i'm going to try and do this with no spoilers but if there are any i will mention that there is a spoiler upcoming so i don't want to ruin the anime for anyone there are six series of the show now so there's quite a lot to unpack with the show but it is hard to do it with no spoilers so Please be aware, I will say if there is a spoiler upcoming. So My Hero Academia has become one of the biggest series out there for anime and seems to only be becoming more and more popular with each series and especially the most recent series, Series 6, and the events that have been taking place. I've loved this anime so far. At the beginning, I wasn't entirely sure whether it was for me. I used to be a really big um, Marvel fan and DC fan, superhero fan. And as I've kind of gone through my (laughs) hobby journey, I guess you could say, or interest journey, that started to kind of fiddle out and it started to fade out. So I wasn't entirely sure whether this was for me anymore. However, as soon as, I guess, episode two... I was absolutely hooked. I needed to know more about Midoriya. I needed to know more about the school. I needed to know more about All Might and All For One. There's just so much that drew me back to this anime series. And I know it feels kind of wrong, but I always feel like I'm drawn so much to the villains in the show. I think they're so interesting. I think villains in a lot of shows are those characters that I always want to find out more about. I want to know their backstory more than the heroes because I want to know why they ended up being a villain why they think about society in that way what turned them into what they are now so I think this episode will focus a little bit more on the heroes but I think I will do an episode that focuses solely on the villains of my hero academia because 
I personally really want to just do the episode to find out so much about these characters and especially Shigaraki because I know he's the bad guy, I know that, but he is absolutely one of my top anime characters, especially at the moment at least, until until the new show introduces a new villain and I'll I'll be consumed by that one. Anyway, big side note there. But let's dive into his first fact, and that fact is about Asui and and Hakukyo almost weren't girls at all in the series. So when Koei Hirokoshi first conceptualised these two characters, he first envisioned them as boys, as male characters. He only changed their gender once he realised the balance of Class 1A was predominantly male, with 16 boys and only 4 girls occupying the class. So to remedy this, he decided to swap out the genders of some of the characters. I think I'm kind of glad that he decided to change them, especially Asui. Sue is one of my favourite ones of the heroes. I think she's so cool. I think she's really, really cute. And although at first I wasn't entirely sure about the frog style quirk, I've really grown to really like it, especially her suit with the little feet design. It's really, really cute. So carrying on with another one of the female members of the Class 1A, Mina Ishido's connection to aliens. So Mina Ishido had originally settled on her hero name, Ridley Hero Alien Queen, and later on in the story she landed on Pinky. The first name is in reference to the iconic Ridley Scott film Alien from 1979. This film, as a kid, when I watched it with my dad, absolutely terrified me. I thought it was really scary. Um, And the references are quite deep within the character design for Mina Ishido. So her appearance is overall quite alien-like compared to the other characters with her pink skin and black eyes and horns that portray from her head. So, So these are the more visual aesthetic references to not specifically the xenomorph alien style but more just alien-esque vibe but the main reference to alien in her quirk is that she can secrete a corrosive acid from her hands which is inspired by the xenomorph creatures from alien which bleed a corrosive fluid when they're cut. I think it's super cool when we see anime and other tv series and manga start to reference other super iconic pop culture moments such as alien that film has become one of the most iconic films and I can remember I can remember my dad having this box set of Alien the um when the sequels and things came out and it was all black and there was an egg on the front because they hatch from eggs the xenomorph in the film and it glowed in the dark the egg and it was as a kid that was terrifying because the film was scary enough and then I saw this egg glowing in the cupboard and oh no I was That was it. I was done. I was done as a kid. That really scared me for a long time. Although, however, side note again there, I do love Mino Ishido. I do wish she had a different costume design, apart from the little jacket thing and the little um, bodysuit that she's got. I really wish they'd kind of really gone with the alien themed and gone with more with an outlandish and extra kind of vibe. Originally, her horns were designed to be much larger, and an original sketch shows them be more curved and tall, almost more like goat horns. Um, And 
I'm not a fan of actual costume. I kind of wish they'd gone more bio-hardware looking to kind of really reference the alien xenomorph and really drive the theme home. So I mentioned him earlier in the intro and Shigaraki has become one of my favourite characters in the series. Although he is the main villain, I do think he's super cool and especially his character design. And I want to talk a little bit about his initial character design not the one that we see in series six if you are in the more earlier series i would say spoiler alert coming up so maybe just skip this fact for now because i really don't want to ruin any of the backstory for shigaraki with this fact so if you have if you're in series maybe i'd say one to three i'd skip this one so in the series we see Tomura's quirk starts to come about, this destructive quirk that makes everything turn to ash. And he did this to his parents, unfortunately, but the one area that didn't turn to ash from their bodies was their hands. And All for One would then use these hands to decorate the young boy with the sins of his past. So everything was destroyed apart from their hands, and those hands are what we see his costume be made out of. And although he had destroyed most of his father, there would be one hand left behind, which Tomura would use to cover his face. And Shigaraki said, being covered in these hands both disgusts him and keeps him calm. So that's quite a juxtaposition of kind of being disgusted by what's covering you, but then also feeling calm. And we see, I think that emotional feeling calm makes sense for Shigaraki because of how his backstory was portrayed and his relationship to his father and and everything like that. I think it's super interesting to see these hands become quite a heavy link to his past and his the evolution of his villain quirk and his purpose in life. Fact number four is all about designing superheroes and their quirks. So designing many superheroes can be daunting and I can imagine with the amount of side characters or background characters that we see in the show that can be very daunting and I imagine quite tedious to some degree. So a competition was held in Japan to help design some of these characters and we see them in the show which is very very cool. So characters Bubble and Centipede were, which are Sir Naitai's assistants, were designed by contest held for Japanese fans. So fans of the show were able to submit character designs and the winners got a chance for their designs to be used in the anime. Jita Abara designed Bubble, whose character design was aged up a bit from the original age of 16, so she could be a pro hero. And Tetsuo Ohara designed Centipede. I think this is lovely when we see the anime producers really working with fans of the show and seeing what their interpretation of a hero would be, seeing what their creative levels are and kind of really working with the community that are really supporting the show anyway and really allowing them to have their input, have their voices heard or their design seen more specifically and allow them to watch the show and think, I designed that character, that one's mine. I think that's that's so exciting. Fact number five is that the creator, Hirokoshi, made sure that all the anime character names had a significant meaning. I spoke about this naming convention within Japan and anime that I think is super 
interesting how their names names of a lot of anime characters are actually specific meanings or reflections of their characters and their personalities. All of these names would often be based around Japanese wordplay. So for example, Bakugo, so Baku means bomb, and Go means strength, which correctly describes the character and his quirk. Another example is Ochako Yoraka, a very cheerful girl in the anime, who is very, very cute. We mentioned her in the last episode. And Yoraka in Japanese means fine day. So that's very nice. That's very, very calming, um, which I think is kind of reminiscent of her character. So one more is Denji Kamanari. This character has the electric quirk and we see him get quite dazed because of his quirk in the anime. And in Japanese, Denki means electric and Kaminari means thunder. So that's quite a powerful name for a character that is actually... He is powerful, but he's struggling to kind of control his quirk a little bit. But we do see him quite evolve in the later series. Fact number six is that Midnight was originally Class 1A's teacher. Anyone who has watched the show, I think we all know who Midnight is and what she looks like, which makes this fact quite strange. So the decision was changed when her design became too raunchy and Eraserhead became their teacher. And Midnight was the one who sparked a fire in the heart of Eraserhead to take up the job of teacher, who is depicted in one scene of Vigilantes, which is a spin-off manga series from the show. The Midnight character is one of my favourites from the show. I think she's really interesting and I think she's got more of a backstory than what she or is portrayed at the moment. Her design is very raunchy and in classic anime style, this is heavily portrayed and is shown in any scene that she's shown in, this raunchiness is is depicted. So there's no surprise as to the main character's teacher is swapped out to erase her head, which was a lot more calm, shall we say. So no spoilers here about Midnight, but if you know, you know. So... Yeah. So fact number seven is the creator Hirokoshi struggled at first, way back before My Hero Academia became the smash hit series that it is, but he struggled even after winning a Shonen Jump contest for One Shot Tenko. So the writer struggled with his previous work and eventually, unfortunately, they did get cancelled. This unfortunately did lead Hirokoshi down a path of depression and a little bit of struggle. And that's unfortunate. I think that's really sad to kind of see. That show, to me, shows a dedication to his work and shows that he really cares about what he produces and gets out there. So, but Horikoshi picked himself up and decided to write about things that made him happy instead. So especially when he created the one-shot manga that soon spawned the inspiration for the My Hero Academia series we know today. We'll speak about that a little bit later. So fact number eight is that UA doesn't mean anything in English. So I, when I started watching the show, I thought I had completely missed the explanation of what UA stood for. But it turns out it actually stands for nothing. So the name of the school in English is more of a play on the pronunciation of the Japanese word for the school. So the word hero in Japanese is pronounced AU, which becomes UA when inverted. So this is something that, again, I love the attention to detail that creators go to when thinking about not only the 
Japanese audience but also the global audience where they'll there may be a dub and things like that so all the different languages that this show will be heard and they've thought about the wordplay and the naming convention and the language difference there. I do wonder why they didn't kind of make it more prominent so they didn't call the school AU which is literally the word for hero but with the Latin letters. I wonder why they did reverse it to UA. Maybe it just sounds better. Maybe it just is easier to say. Maybe it just is nicer on the ear. So earlier on, we mentioned the one-shot manga that inspired the show My Hero Academia, or more specifically, the manga series My Hero Academia. And in this one-shot manga, we see Midoriya as the pilot character in the manga and how he quickly becomes the reference point for Midoriya in My Hero Academia. So Midoriya in this manga though is called Jack Midoriya. The main character for My Hero Academia is based off this one-shot manga as I mentioned and it was released in 2008. The creator whose main character name is Jack Midoriya is a salaryman. So that's the name for office workers in Japan who dreams of being a superhero. And the character in the manga is quite ill. He's not portrayed in the best health. However, he does want to be a superhero. On the creation of My Hero Academia and the storyline and its characters, this illness was actually transferred to All Might. So I think I've not read the original manga for this. However, it seems that the illness was taken over to All Might to maybe enhance the story, maybe develop more of a dramatic um, turn of events. So I think that's interesting that some of the elements that we already see in My Hero Academia were trialled or written about for a one-shot manga way back when, in 2008, eight years before the series became a thing. If you have read the one-shot manga, please let me know on social media. Find me on, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and let me know how what is the story? How does How closely does it relate to My Hero Academia? How closely resembled are Midoriya in both these worlds. So the last fact is that quirks at some point started being allocated randomly to characters. So when the creator started out adding quirks to characters he did it so it could enhance the storyline and maybe even enhance the characters themselves but in the end the quirks were added randomly and often from mundane sources. I think Starting out looking at some of the characters and actually the large array of main characters, side characters and background characters who we see an enormous amount of quirks from. I think this is it's fair to say that they were just randomly allocated at some point. I think the main characters, surely their quirks were very carefully thought out. That makes sense. But the background characters who we see maybe in side battles or take on lower level uh, villains and thugs and things like that in the little clips that we see around the city. I think those were the ones that were allocated randomly. So the creator said that he'd look at a shower head and see the water coming out and then he'd think, oh yeah, that'd be great if that came out of hands. But instead of water, it would be this. So I think that's an interesting that we see these quotes come from his mundane areas of his life that we all have. But they always say inspiration comes from areas of your life that you wouldn't think would inspire you and 
I think I find that when I inform my creative processes and my actual um, day-to-day nine-to-five job, sometimes the most boring things or more specifically the moments where you're not trying to be creative are the things that inspire you the most. I think we see that quite often in anime and media such as this. We see references to so much of the creator's life, even the mundane areas. I hope you've learned something about the characters, maybe some of your favourite ones as well. I have become a massive fan of this anime series and I can't wait to see the developments take place. At the moment of this being recorded, there are these um, illustrations of the, not alternative, but the darker illustrations of Bakugo Midoriya ready for the series to continue on with the slightly darker themes. They look super cool. I love Midoriya's. Not redesigned, but the restyle of Midoriya's costume. I can't wait to see how the story progresses. And I'm sat here at the minute recording this with a My Hero Academia coffee mug. And Midoriya is facing me at the minute. It's got Bakugo on the back. And oh, I absolutely cannot wait to see how these two characters progress. If you haven't watched the show, I'd definitely give it a watch. If you're not into superheroes, I think t- try the first three episodes. That's the general rule of thumb with any anime. After episode three, you'll either love it or you'll not return. I returned after episode two. It was absolutely brilliant. It's such a good show. I think if you've made it to this length in the episode, I assume you're a fan of the show. However, if not, it's definitely an anime recommendation for you and one that I think will only continue to go from strength to strength and one that I think will become one of the super highlighted shows of anime culture. So I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. This episode has been quite a random assortment of of facts around characters and the history of or the founding of My Hero Academia. If you love the show or love the characters, check out my Etsy shop where I have chibi illustrations of characters such as Midoriya and Bakugo, two of my absolute favourites from the show, and there's worldwide shipping. And if you order before 4pm GMT time, I'll ship your order the same day. There are also some digital downloads on there and prints of other popular anime characters in the super cute chibi style if you have enjoyed the episode please do leave a like a review it really does help out the show it really does help how it's listed and shared out i have a new patreon a club for fans of the podcast and fans of anime and my etsy shop a new monthly club where you receive physical and digital goodies along with exclusive updates There is a Chibi Fan, Chibi Super Fan and Chibi Mega Fan tiers with each level being better than the last. With the Mega Fan tier including three physical prints of Chibi style anime characters that I illustrate myself. Each tier also includes an indefinite discount to the Etsy store with each tier having a better discount than the last. I've included a link to the Patreon site in the show notes so you can check out which club you'd love to be a part of. Find it down below, check it out if you're an anime fan or you know someone who is, or maybe you've got a birthday coming up and you can't think of a gift. This would be the perfect gift for them. 
and one that they get every month is a gift that keeps on giving. What more can you ask for that? Buzzsprout is the perfect platform for podcasts. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a marketing channel or you have a message you want to share with the world or just think it'll be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch and promote and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed with all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and more within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners and for me, the team over at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters like me already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Let's create something great together. So following the link in my show notes, let's Buzzsprout know that I sent you over there. That gets you $20 credit if you sign up for a paid plan and help support my show too. Thanks for joining me on this episode. You can find all my social media links, including a buy me a coffee show support link and more down there. Thanks for all of your support. It really does mean a lot. Even if it's a download, a review, a like, a share or the Patreon club, like I've already mentioned. Thank you so much for everything. It really does mean a lot. Until next Monday, have a great week, guys. Enjoy all the new anime episodes that are releasing this week. I know I will be. I'll be trying to catch up with all the ones I've potentially missed out of recently. Have a great week and I'll see you next Monday. Bye. Thank you.